Today on the Province Crier Podcast, we're going to give a recap of Friday night's game. Number six Butler came to the dunk, ended up beating the Friars 70 to 58. We'll recap that and then we'll get a preview of the Friars' next upcoming game against St. John's at home on Wednesday night. All right, let's eat. Man up in my city on the roof, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe. The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The reverse. Baby. Oh, oh, the Big East. Edward to his back. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself. Mike Surratt. Man up in my city on the roof, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, Welcome, welcome. We are back for another episode of the PCP. Today is Wednesday, January 15th. Um, Friars got a big upcoming game tonight against uh, St. John's. We'll get to that. But first, we're going to give a recap of last Friday night's game where um, coming into it, Friars have a four-game win streak. They're hosting number six, Butler. Um, a big game in terms of a massive opportunity for the Friars to really get their, their season back on track and you know look towards a, um, a bid in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, unfortunately... It didn't turn out that way. Again, the Friars lose 70-58. to um, Do you have a confession to make, Friartown, on this one? I was not at the game. Um, a friend, a good friend of mine had a surprise 30th birthday party, so I was at that. And um, it was actually a hibachi, which is... I don't know if you've ever done hibachi, but I am a massive fan. Um... You know, nothing like getting your food cooked right in front of you. And then you don't have to do dishes. Pretty, pretty sweet. But, um, and also, like, Habash is just a great time. Uh, the chefs, you know, the chefs don't get enough credit. Uh, they're out there. They're doing all these crazy tricks. They're making, like, a volcano, of onion volcano. Um, you know, they're squirting sake in your mouth. They're having a good time. Um, just a great atmosphere to get a meal. Uh, big fan of hibachi. But yeah, so f- because of that, um, I actually had to follow the first half on my iPhone. Um, nothing worse than like having to follow a game that you have a lot of interest, a vested interest in, um, and having to watch via hitting refresh on your Bleach Report app. Like, that's brutal. But, um, but hey, we, we got to do what we got to do, you know? Um, so, you know, I'm at dinner enjoying my, my steak and uh, my uh, fried rice. And, you know, 
wait a few minutes, hit refresh. You know, it's four nothing, three minutes in. Okay, a little slow start, no big deal. Now keep refreshing. Fryer score still at zero. All of a sudden, we're five minutes in, and it's nine nothing Butler. Um. So you know, I, I knew we were. If we're gonna win, it was gonna have to be a rock fight at that point. Um. You know, when the offense takes five minutes to, to put points on the board, you know it's going to be a long night. Um, and pretty much that's what it was, but the first half essentially was a rock fight. Um, Butler leads it 30-18 at the break. Um, you know, second half, I was able to get to a bar in front of a television, um, so I was able to catch the second half, thankfully, but... Um, you know, my impressions from the second half were, you know, offensively that they looked a lot better than what it seemed like they were doing in the first half. But, um, you know, I think the defense kind of let them down a little bit. Um, you know, they put up 40 points in the second half. But, you know, on the flip side, that they end up giving up 40. So, um, you know, that was unfortunate. It just seemed like every time PC had – big bucket to, to cut it close, you know, get momentum, Butler would always have an answer, you know, whether it was Jordan Tucker, which, by the way, like to correct myself, um, the Jordan Tucker was not a McDonald's All-American. I might have said that last episode. I, I was wrong. Top 100 recruit. He did go to Duke, but um, not on the McDonald's team, but he sure killed us again. Um, I believe he chipped in um, 15 points or something like that. Um, you know, but anytime PC made a hoop uh, and, and you thought maybe they were going to make a run at this thing, it was him, um, Kamar Baldwin, Bryce Golden, um, and the Z that they just kept making shots in the second half. Um, and the Friars just couldn't get a, a significant rally going to really put the pressure on Butler. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, it was it was kind of frustrating because it seemed like in the second half, you know, when PC would score and then get a stop, the offense would just let them down uh, on the other end. And then, you know, Butler would come back and, and make a couple baskets. Um, prime example of that, around the 11-minute mark, um, Friars trailed by 13 at the time, I want to say. And... Um, Diallo ends up hitting the three. Khalif Young gets a big block on the other side. The crowd starts to get into it. A.J. Reeves gets as clean of a look as he's going to get, and he bricked it. But, um, so, you know, end of the day, I, it just wasn't PC's night. Um, you know, you can't, you can't have the type of offensive output that they had in that game and expect a positive result. You just can't. I mean, I don't care how good of defense you're playing. Um, that's just not going to get you to win. And, you know, I've said on the podcast, it seems like during this win streak, the formula for su- success for PC um, is to play good physical defense, tough nose defense, and just not puke on yourself offensively. Like, that is the game plan here. Uh, and unfortunately, tonight, you know, or Friday night, PC really did puke on themselves offensively. 31.7% from the floor on 19 of 60. 
Not good at all. Um, from three, it was even worse. They were 24% on six of 25. Um, you know, I, I get trailing most of the game. You're going to end up jacking up threes. But, I mean, I, I kind of wish they would have kind of forced the issue on the interior. But, I mean, I think Butler had, had, had a hand in that, to be honest. Um, but, and I mean, PC... Like I did say in the second half, their their defense kind of let them down on a few possessions in terms of Butler having an answer uh, for a score. But, I mean, they played well defensively. Um, they forced 17 turnovers. Interesting stat, though, of those 17 turnovers, there's only five steals. So, um, luckily for Butler, a lot of their turnovers were dead ball turnovers. But, um, you know, defensively, they were okay. Um they were good enough to win defensively, in my opinion. Um, I, I just think the offense just put you in such a hole in the beginning of the game um, that, that it's hard to come out with the win um, against a team like Butler. But, um, you know, kind of looking at, at individual players, Duke and Diallo, very productive offensively, but they weren't efficient. I mean, on a night where your team shoots 31%, you're – you know, no, nobody's really lighting it up, let's be honest. Um, so, you know, Dell led the way for the Friars. Um, he had 21, I believe. Uh, Duke chipped in 15. And, you know, again, they were productive numbers-wise, but if you look at the efficiency, you look at the shooting, um, it, it wasn't great. But, you know, outside of those two guys, plus Malik White giving you 11 off the bench, Everyone, no one else really contributed offensively at all. Um, you know, AJ Reeves, who I mentioned earlier, um, he had a pretty rough game, uh, rough night overall. <laughs> like not even just the game, but he, he goes uh, one of seven from the floor, three points. He ends up banging his head on a knee on somebody's knee, I think. Um, and you know, he had to sit out. Was a little woozy, actually. To be honest, I haven't heard anything about his status for St. John's game, but, um, you know, I'm sure that might come into question here. Anytime you get a head injury, there's always caution, and, you know, if it's not necessary for a guy to play, usually you lead on the side of not playing him. So we'll see what happens with uh, A.J. Reeves there. But, um, for you know, he had a bad night, but for him, I, I just want him to – Keep his aggressiveness offensively. Keep shooting. Um, you know, you don't want he, – he, he was so hot coming in, you know, the game against Marquette, uh, and it seems like he's gotten his groove back, his swagger back. You know, you want to still be aggressive even though you had a, a poor night shooting. Um, my big concern probably for him would be that, you know, this game knocks him out – or, the excuse me, hitting his head knocks him out a game or two. And then, you know, he's lost offensively again, just like similar to his foot injury. Granted, he missed a lot more time with that, but he was not the same offensive player the rest of the year. So my biggest fear for him would be that, you know, another setback kind of hurts his game offensively. Hopefully that's not the case. I think he's just got to stay aggressive, and I think AJ will be fine. But, um, you know, Pipkins, he was a disaster again. I believe he was held scoreless. Um, didn't get a ton of burn. Malik 
the way he's been playing. Cooley's riding the hot hand, and, and I don't blame him. Um, you know, Malik is just a much better option at this point than Pipkins. Um, however, you know, although that's the case, I personally think he should still come off the bench just because you need to get bench scoring, um, you know, and, and he, I feel like he, when he comes off the bench, he plays a chip on his shoulder, and that makes him better offensively, in my opinion, at least. Um, and, like, if you start him, like, what's what's going to happen? Like, can we expect him to score, like, 18 points a game? Uh, like, Bryce Cotton? No, like, that's, that's not going to happen if you start him. So... I don't really see the point in starting Malik Way at this point. I say you just stick with what you're doing. Um, you know, he's been the spark plug off the bench, and I say they continue to roll with that. Um, Nate Watson, on the other hand, I mean, only plays 18 minutes. I don't know what that was about. Um, he wasn't in foul trouble. Um, he was able to score six points, but he's got to play more. Um, you know, Khalif Young didn't score at all, and it's like, sure, he was able to get out there, get a couple of rebounds, you know, he had that block, uh, he made a couple of nice plays for you, but, you know, Watson's got to play, because he's, he, he's able to put the ball in the basket, and that's what this team desperately needs, um, so I, I was pretty shocked he only played 18 minutes, although, if you look at the box score, he only had three rebounds, that might have been the reason for his short leash, because... The Friars got absolutely dominated on the glass um, by Butler uh, to the tune of 44-26. to 26. So, you know, it, it, was, it was just a weird game in, in terms of, like, you look at the numbers and you force a team to turn the ball over 17 times on the road. Uh, you're able to hit your free throws. That was a positive for PC. They shot about, like, 70-ish percent um, from the line. You know, you turn them over. You're able to hit your free throws, and it's like you would think PC would be right in this game, and yet they really weren't in it ever. Uh, um, and, I mean, that's going to happen when you shoot 31% from the floor. There's just no other way around it. Um, you know, again, you would think 17, or 17 steals, you would that would lead you to believe, like, PC had a good night, but farthest thing from it. Um, that's the only way you can really either you turn the ball over yourself 17 plus times or you just shoot horribly and and that's what PC did so you know I gotta eat some crow with my prediction from last week I know I said it'd be a blowout but I mean do you blame me? PC coming off a four game win streak two emotional wins on the road um, you know Friday night game, 9 p.m. tip. You know, you would think you would think the boys w- would be up for that game, uh, and you expect the dunk to be rocking. And you know, I, I really expected them to roll Butler, but uh, certainly not the case. Um, you know, I I had a few friends that were at the game, and they said it was, it was an electric crowd, but it was like. PC needed to do something. Like, they wanted to get into the game, but PC didn't do enough on the court to get them into the game. And, you know, I can see that. Uh, when you make your fans stand for the first five minutes to, to score a basket, um, that's going to happen. Uh, which, by the way, 
I am like so done with the whole standing for the first hoop. I think it's so stupid. Um, if anything, I think it's a distraction in the players. Me personally, being short, I don't like it because people are standing in my way. I, I can't see. Uh, so, you know, a little selfish reason there. But, um, yeah, they should just get rid of the stand for the first basket. We need to find other better traditions. Um, like LSU fans, for example, singing neck. Like, that's a great tradition. PC needs to come up with something like that. Obviously, Catholic school probably can't do something like that, but you know what I mean. Just something better than standing until your team makes a basket. That, that's that's stupid, in my opinion. But, yeah, my, my prediction falls flat, flat on its face, and, you know, I would like to spend the rest of the segment apologizing to Butler. Um, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, at uh, Providence Crier, you might have seen I did issue an apology after the game. Um, but it, it wasn't. it's not so much an apology for saying that I thought we'd roll them. Uh, more so in terms of Butler physically and as a defensive team. Um, you know, I heard they were better defensively, but I didn't buy it. Um, I've always viewed Butler as soft, uh, weak team. You know, coming from the Horizon League, then the A-10, then the jump to the Big East. I felt like Butler as a Midwest school has always lacked that Big East toughness, that Big East grit. Um, and to be frank, I, I just thought it was a soft program. Uh, and that was one of the reasons why I thought we would come in and roll. But this year's Butler team is definitely different. Um, they're they're an elite defensive team, I think. Um, you know, they really guard you. They really make you work for your stuff. Um, I heard in the first half, PC got good looks and just couldn't hit a lot of stuff. But um, I was impressed with Butler defensively. I really was. Um, you know, like I said, they crushed us on the glass. Uh, plus plus eighteen. I mean, that's just unreal. Uh, a lot of that has to do with you missing a ton of shots. But, you know, I, I think Butler played the exact game they wanted to play on the road, and that was, you know, play suffocating defense within the three-point line and enforce PC to jack up threes, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so, you know, I I'd heard they were tougher. Laval Jordan, I, I thought that was kind of co- coach speak when he was saying they were tougher and all this. Um, no, Butler is a legitimately tough out this year. Um, really gritty Big East team for Butler. So um like to apologize to the Butler Bulldog community, Brad Stevens, Gordon Hayward, the Dog Blue. You guys aren't soft. You guys got a good team this year. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you guys deserve it. Give it a round of applause. Not soft. Good job. Um, but, you know, tough game for PC, but at the end of the day, I don't think it is a must-win, per se. I mean, in terms of the metrics, Butler's so high up there that the loss really doesn't do you any harm. It was just a great opportunity to keep the momentum rolling and get a good resume win. Uh, unfortunately, the Friars couldn't do that. But not, not a game that I think will hurt them at all. Um, I believe they dropped in the net like three spots after the game. 
Um, I think they've dropped more since then. But, um, you know, that loss isn't going to hurt you. But, on the flip side, this next game the Friars got coming up against St. John's, we'll get to the preview of it, but I think that game is a must-win game. We'll get to why next, right after a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. Another crazy night in college hoops. Um, you know, I remember saying a few episodes ago that every time I record on Tuesdays, you know, I feel like number one ends up going down. Well, tonight, you know, unfortunately, that's not really going to happen anymore with Gonzaga being number one. They're probably not going to lose a game in the WCC. Maybe the St. Mary's, but who knows? So, I mean, you're not going to see number one drop, but another night in college basketball and another major upset. Um, Duke ends up going down at the hands of Clemson, uh, 72-79. So Clemson gets a little uh, little nice consolation prize for losing the national title game in football last night. But um, they end up beating number three Duke, um, a Clemson team that really isn't that good. Uh, I believe they're 8-7 and seven going in. Um, so big win for them. Um, it, it was funny because... You know, I was watching the games earlier, and, you know, I was looking at the bottom line, and, you know, I saw Louisville. So Duke and Louisville, two teams that going into the year projected to as a favorite to win the national championship. Both those teams found themselves on the road in ACC play, uh, down four with about 12 minutes to go. And the way the season went, I knew for a fact that one of them was losing. Like, there have been so many upsets this year, and... I don't think there's any elite team. So, like, every night, anyone that's high up in the rankings is susceptible to losing. And so, like, I'm looking at at, at these two scores, you know, similar times in the game, mid-second half, and, um, you know, they're down. They're both down four in a row. And I feel like in most years, the, the blue-chip school ends up coming back and makes easy work of them. But I just knew what, one of them was going to go down. And um, it ended up being Duke. Louisville ended up holding on in overtime, actually, against Pitt. Um, and then actually kind of a crazy night in the Big East as well. Uh, even though there's only one game, um, DePaul went and visited Villanova. And really interesting game there. DePaul jumps out to an early double-digit lead. Nova closes out uh, the half, ends up tr- leading by one at the break. One or two, something like that. But... Um, you know, and then second half, it was pretty back and forth. Then Nova pulls away, and you think it's this one's over. They're up 11 with two minutes to play. And then all of a sudden, Nova just does a bunch of un-Nova things and blows it. DePaul gets back in the game. Uh, Charlie Moore gets a big bucket to tie it. Uh, Sadiq Bay on the other end misses a three for the win. And they went to overtime. And... Uh, a little bit of controversy in the overtime. Uh, Nova's up three. Final seconds of the game. They try intentionally foul Charlie Moore. He goes up like he's shooting. The ref's called on the floor, so he only gets two free throws instead of three. You know, hits the first, intentionally misses the second. Game over. Uh, similarly to um, uh, the, the, the PC Marquette game, actually, where PC was on the other end, where 
they missed both free throws at the end, and you know, other team wasn't able to get the win. But uh, so DePaul, despite having a really good non-conference and having a really good team on paper, they fall to zero and four in the Big East. Um, bit of a shocker there, but I mean, I th- I think unfortunately for DePaul is they're good, but they, you know, they really only have two players. Uh, Jalen Butts and, and Coleman Lands do contribute on occasion, but a lot of it falls on Paul Reed and Charlie Moore, who are two very good players. But um, you know, y- you got to bring it every night in the Big East. And Charlie Moore, this is one one game where he actually played really well in, and DePaul still loses. But um, but yeah, so, so Nova ends up getting a win there. Wisconsin ends up beating Maryland uh, at home. So few upsets tonight. Just another night in college hoops, I'll tell you. But um, back to the Friars here. So, you know, ending last segment, although I thought PC would beat Butler, um, they end up not getting it. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a game they needed. It would have been a great win. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. Beating a team, number six team in the country, is always going to be a massive win. Um, their metrics are really high, so it's, it's a, a resume, like, it's a huge resume builder, no doubt about it. Um, so great opportunity for PC, but at the same time, like, it doesn't really kill them, um, in terms of, of needing the win, um, because the conference is so loaded that they're going to have their chances, um, throughout, but, you know, I, I kind of tease this a little bit. Going into this next game here, I think this becomes kind of a must-win for PC. And the reason being is just their schedule um, after the game. You know, they, they host St. John's Wednesday night, 8.30 tip. Um, after that, they'll go to Creighton on Saturday. Just jumped in the top 25. They sit at 25. Um, and then the following Wednesday, they'll play at number 18, Seton Hall who, you know, has seemed to get over their rough patch that they had in non-conference play after getting destroyed by Rutgers. Uh, Seton Hall is really turning on. They're undefeated in the conference. As of now, they have a big game against Butler coming up. That should be a real good one. But um, so you go at Creighton, at Seton Hall, you get to come back home, but guess who you're playing? Villanova Saturday uh, at 1 on Fox, nationally televised game. But obviously, anytime Nova comes into town, it's not an easy home game. It's not a home game that you can expect to win. So um, you go on the road twice, you get the home game against Villanova, and then you're back on the road to face a familiar foe in Butler um, the Saturday before the Super Bowl. So a real gauntlet for the Friars. Three or four games in a row against um, on the road they'll be. You know, although they are 2-0 on the road, in conference play, we all know those games are easy to win. I mean, the two that we got against two teams that probably will finish in the bottom half of the Big East, you know, we had to, you know, get every, you know, push for every inch to, to pull those games out. So um, you get three or four in a row, or three or four on the road. On top of that, all four of those teams are currently ranked. And on top of that, four games stretch. The game after that, you get created at home. So another ranked game. So the Friars have a stretch, at least at this point, that will be five straight ranked opponents 
um, for PC. So with that, there's a ton of opportunity for them to get back in, but they really got to take care of business against St. John's Wednesday night. And, you know, it's a St. John's team that, quite frankly, they, they kind of scare me. I mean, their head coach, Mike Anderson, um, he came in to PC last year in the NIT and, and, and outcoached Cooley and blew, blew his doors off with his Arkansas Razorbacks. He ends up getting fired from Arkansas. Um, they hire Musselman from Nevada. Uh, and, you know, Mike Anderson, a bit of a – you know, out-of-the-box hire by St. John's. Mike Anderson has always coached in the South, doesn't really have any ties to the New York area at all. And actually, it was – their AD is um, is a Duke guy, I believe, and he actually got a tip from Coach K that they should interview Mike Anderson. Um, and they hadn't thought about it. They ended up giving the, in, him the interview, came away impressed, he gets the job. And, you know – Mike Anderson, he comes from that Nolan Richardson, um, you know, press, you know, press all game, uh, 60 minutes of hell or whatever it was called. Um, he comes from, from that mantra. And, um, you know, I think the fast pace and the constant pressing that, 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 that style that Mike Anderson brings, I honestly think that can attract a lot of New York players to, to stay in state. And play for the Johnnies. So, um, while an out of the box hire and definitely a head scratcher when it first happened, I, I think it will end up being good for St. John's in the long run. And you know, so far this season, the Johnnies are having a solid year. I mean, they're twelve and five, um, currently only one and three in conference, with that only win coming against uh, DePaul, which they ended up getting um, uh, this past weekend, seventy four sixty seven. Um, but they do own a few quality non-conference wins against West Virginia and against Arizona. So um, they have some good wins. But obviously, you know, going into the Big East in a rebuild, if you will, a semi-rebuild, because they do have guys that that are capable that we are familiar with. Um, But in a semi-rebuild in a conference that's as stacked as the Big East, um, you know, it's going to be hard for them this year, but I think they're a good team. I think they're a dangerous team. Um, you know, they, they still have LJ Figueroa and Mustafa Heron. They returned from last year. Figueroa is leading the Johnnies in points per game at 14.8. Mustafa Heron, a uh, Connecticut guy who initially played at Auburn, trenched over St. John's, played last year. Um, he, he's missed a few games due to injury, but. He's scoring 13.9 a game. Um, so they're led by those two. Um, Rasheem Dunn is actually the X factor for the Johnnies, a guy you're going to want to keep tabs on. Uh, Dunn played – he's from Brooklyn originally, played at St. Francis in Brooklyn of the NEC um, early in his career. After his sophomore season, he transfers to Cleveland State. And, I mean, he had to sit out per NCAA rules. but um, And then after that, he ends up transferring over to St. John's. Gets a, a waiver to play. I'm not sure what for. I feel like anytime PC tries to get a waiver, they always get denied. But whatever. I'm, I have no idea of the situation, so I'm not going to make any you know, preconceived notions about it. But um, Don has been a nice spark for the Johnnies. 
typically has been coming off the bench, but Mike Anderson made made, made a little change up to their starting five, inserted him in there the other night against the pole, and he ends up leading the Giants with 19 points. So um, a capable scoring guard for them. Um, you know, this team's a, a run-and-gun team. Um, they're going to pressure all night. Um, you know, they don't have much size, um, but they do a good job, similar to PC, I think. They do a solid job on the glass with smaller players. Um, they definitely out-rebound their height, that's for sure. Uh, if you look at their big men, their center, um, Julian uh Champagny, he's only 6'7". Um, uh, another four, Josh Roberts, he's 6'9". Um, so not a ton of height for St. John's at all, but they still go out there and, and, and get boards uh, at 40 per game. So um, to me, you know, the keys to the game, uh, you know, talking about the formula to success for PC is play good physical defense and don't be putrid on offense. Um well, that may be the case, uh, I think, overall in terms of how you want to play and how you want to scout the St. John's team. I, I think you want to sl- try and slow down the pace. Um, you know, work your offense in the half court. You know, do the flex. Try and get some good looks. Um, hopefully they drop in this game. But I, I think they definitely want to slow the game down. You don't want to play fast pace because I think that plays right into St. John's hands. Um so, if I'm Cooley, I'm definitely stressing the guys uh, to, to slow it down offensively, for sure. Um, again, prepare to be pressed the entire game. Um, the Giants are, are, are going to press you. So, with that, like, I wonder, should the Friars go with like a, a three-guard lineup? Um, roll out White, Pip, and Duke to break the press. I mean... Might not be a horrible idea because you're going to need ball handlers because they're going to work you uh, full court the entire game. So be interesting to see what, what Cooley does with that. Um, hopefully you know, they're practicing the, the, the press break over these past few days um, to prepare for the Johnnies. Going to have to take care of the basketball. Um, you, know, you never want to be turnover prone at home. You know, we expect it to happen on the road, but you want to take care of the basketball at, at home, um, especially against a team that's going to force turnovers. So uh, you don't want to get St. John's out on the break and running. Like I said, they're a running-gun team. Um, so key for them will be to take care of the basketball. Um, you know, the Johnny's press, it, it, it allows them to get back into games quickly. I mean, I watched their Big East opener, because it was after the PC game. I think I mentioned this on previous podcasts, but um, I watched their opener against um, Butler, and Butler was rolling for most of the game. And then second half, the Johnnies used their press to go on an insane 29-4 to run against Butler. They're down 23. They come all the way back to take the lead. Um, it, was, it was pretty back and forth, but... Uh, like I had mentioned in the preview for Butler, Butler made some crucial baskets in that one to, to pull it with the victory on the road. They end up winning that game by two. But, I mean, that just tells you all you need to know about their press. I mean, it, it's deadly. Um, so PC's going to have to be really, really cognizant about their press. Um, you know, 
and then finally, I think they just they they need to have an answer in term in the physicality department in on, on the boards from last game. You know, they got absolutely crushed on the glass against Butler. Um, you know, they definitely didn't seem to have that that physical advantage that they typically have over Butler. Um, so you would like to see the the, the boys respond and, and get back to that. Um, you know, make it tough on Haran and, and Figueroa. Figueroa's going to shoot a lot. So, you know, definitely make him work for his shots. Uh, make him settle for bad shots. Uh, he's not the best shooter. He's only shooting 35% from the floor. Um, and, you know, you're going to really want to stress an emphasis on crashing the glass because, like I said, St. John's is pretty good at rebounding the basketball. And on top of that, St. John's has really struggled offensively since Biggie's play has started. So, you know, um, they're, they're really not shooting the ball as well. So there's going to be a lot of misses, and PC's going to have to take advantage of that. Uh, get the boards, get out and run. You know, pick your spots when running. Like I said, you definitely want to slow down the overall pace of the game. But, I mean, if you're forcing turnovers and stuff like that, obviously – PC's best offense is when they're running gunning, in my opinion. So, pick your spots there. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're really going to have to do a good job on the glass for this one. Like I said, you know, this game really does scare me. I think ultimately, although they do want to slow it down, I've seen this before where PC wants to play in the half court and then just finds themselves getting into a run-and-gun shootout. It's, it's happened against St. John's plenty of times um, over the years. So um, I, I think St. John's will make this a game. I think they've played poorly on the road so far, and Mike Anderson's acknowledged that. So um, I, I prepare, like, be prepared to get, get a good shot from St. John's. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, if you look at the line in terms of Vegas – uh, I think PC opened up as like a, a four-point favorite, four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, it'll be a tight one in terms of covering, I think. I, I think ultimately PC at home, knowing the magnitude of the game, will get the win, but it's not going to come easy. Um, you know, I'm going to predict 78-72, uh, PC getting the victory, but... Um, won't be an easy game. I, I do plan on attending this one. Uh, Going to make the trip down. I'm actually pretty pumped it's an 8.30 start, even though it's on the week weekday. Um, don't have to sit in traffic and stress out about just barely getting there in time for a beer. I like to get down there, get a couple beers in me at Trinity, and then uh, get to the game. So hopefully you guys all turn out for the game. Um, I think PC's back on campus, the students that is, so... Um, hopefully there's a strong turnout from them. Um, again, really important game for PC because, you know, you're, you're playing, when you play against opponent that, that's going to be end up towards the bottom of the conference, you definitely want to take care of business at home there. Um, and then, again, referencing back to point I made earlier, like, it's a gauntlet after this. Like, the next five games are brutal. So, PC's really going to want to come out and, and take this game from St. John's. But, again, St. John's is not going to give it up easy. I, I think they're going to be a tough test. Um, and, and I think 
at times we will struggle with their press. Just be prepared for some bad turnovers. Uh, look at you, Pipkins, because we've seen some bad ones from you. But uh, hopefully the Friars will end up getting the win. Again, um, like I mentioned earlier, follow me on Twitter, at the Province Crier. Also, you can read the blog. That is theprovincecrier.wordpress.com. Um, hope to see you at the game, and we'll see you next week. Go Friars! Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way about a hoop, ay Cross over, I might go to L.E.U. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school P.C., you know we on go, ay Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ay Fall down, bounce back like M.A. Ho, ay I'm the alpha dog, D.I.L.O. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage any team we bump into, we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic yeah, the This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh? Cross over, I might throw the hell of you But they sleeping on me, well let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth